Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the All-American Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carr, here bringing you guys a brand new episode covering the NFL Draft, my reaction, and grading the top 10 picks. Coming up next. So as I mentioned, getting into the NFL Draft, the draft has happened. The craziness is finally over. Uh, We are getting my reaction today to the top 10 picks, and hopefully, you know, in in some videos, I'll get to a part two, get into later rounds, later picks, and all that. Uh, but I loved hearing from you guys. You know, we did all the preparation before. We had the mock drafts, you know, the prospect rankings, the big boards, you know, possible trade scenarios, everything. But this draft was so unpredictable. It really just was impossible to, you know, actually be sure of what's going to happen. And the draft showed that. It was, uh, it was very exciting to watch, very fun to watch. No draft. Um, that I've ever seen has had, you know, one like this, really no quarterbacks going uh, until the very late first round. Um, You know, teams trading everywhere. We had superstars being traded, A.J. Brown, everything uh, happened in this draft. It was awesome. Um, But now, you know, the the buzz is kind of wore off. It's it's getting towards the time where we look really towards the season and how these draft picks um, will fit in with their new uh, respective teams. So, We're going to get into it today. Um, Top 10 picks. Let me know, though. Of course, I'm always available. Um, I know a lot of you guys hit me up during the draft um, and before and after, too. Uh, I will gladly tell you my thoughts on any of your favorite teams. You know, pick a guy that, you know, I might think fits well with them. Maybe not. You know, what they could have done better. All that. We're going to be covering that today for the first uh, 10 picks of the draft. So let's get right into it. Starting off at number one, Jacksonville. No surprise. They went with Trayvon Walker now. It kind of seemed like it was leaning Walker uh, towards the end of the draft process or pre-draft process here. Um, You know, Aiden Hutchinson was, it seemed like the surefire consensus number one pick. You know, then maybe, you know, maybe going into an old lineman like Evan Neal or Ike Aquanu. Maybe, you know, but then the combine really is where Walker ran away with this one. He jumped up to number one from not really being super close to number one, which does concern me a little bit. Usually those guys don't pan out too well, Um, but Walker, I'll give it to him. He was a fantastic athlete, tested very well at the combine. Um, He showed versatility in college and probably wasn't in the right position is what a lot of draft analysts and myself think. Um, He was kind of on the D-line. Um, a little bit, you know, edge. I think he's probably going to be better um, as a linebacker at the NFL le- uh, level, you know, but he proved he can be a versatile and uh, great raw athlete. But he wasn't a fantastic college player at Georgia. Georgia had a very successful draft, uh, very productive draft. You know, they threw out like four or five guys in the first round. And that's with the exclusion of Nicobe Dean, who somehow fell to the second round. Um, but they had a very, very productive draft. They were a national championship team, of course. A lot of great defensive guys. I don't think Walker was the best player on that defense. I don't think he was really that close. I think there was a few guys above him, uh, which is a little concerning. You know, they're, they're not a fantastic college player, but the Jaguars are banking on his potential and his development, uh, which is risky. And while this franchise, I think, does need to take risks, I don't think the number one pick is the time to do that. Um, I... I feel like there were better options on the board. I feel like they missed out on Aiden Hutchinson, um, who was, you know, is similar to Walker, kind of coming off the edge, D-line. Um, but he was at Michigan. I, I feel like he was definitely a better prospect than Walker. Um, 
in my opinion. If you're not going to go Hutchinson, I, I would have gone O-line here. Um, you know, I don't think Walker's a terrible pick. I don't, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I'm settling for a C. I, I just feel like, you know, with the number one pick, they could have done a lot better here. So, um, I give it a C. I feel like it's kind of a risky pick. It, it's not very, you know, you can't feel confident about this one. It's very hard to feel confident about this one. The only thing you can really feel confident about is Walker's athleticism and the fact that he'll probably move around uh, to play a few different positions at the NFL level before really settling in. Um, but it, that's if he ever settles in just because he hasn't proven to be um, a great, productive player, even at the college level. And we all know the Jaguars are or have been at least developing players. It hasn't been great. Um, so we'll see. They're banking on his potential. I would love this pick to hit, but uh, we'll see. I think it's risky. I, don't, I didn't think it was the right pick, but I, I can't say I hate it. So I'm settling on a C uh, for the number one pick, Trayvon Walker. Moving on to number two is Aiden Hutchinson. He went to the Detroit Lions uh, very, very close to his playing days in Michigan. A-plus on this one. I, I don't think there was a real slam dunk pink pick in this draft, but if I had to pick one, it would definitely be Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, great character guy as well as, of course, on the field, but off the field even better. I think he's a perfect fit for Dan Campbell. Um, and as I mentioned, playing close by Michigan really helps you know him ease in there. It seemed like he really wanted to go to Detroit. He seemed, I, I thought his reaction in the draft was like the best. He just seemed genuinely happy, but not over-exaggerating everything, just genuinely happy to be a Lion and relieved of not going to Jacksonville. Um, so that might have been a reason why the Jaguars didn't pick him. Who knows? But I uh, seemed really happy to play here. And uh, I think Hutchinson will impact that locker room, be a leader right away, like he was in Michigan. I, you know, I didn't think he was extremely big or you know powerful guy, even though he is you know six seven two fifty. But on the field, he doesn't look you know absolutely huge, and especially at the NFL level, he won't you know stand out as you know super super physically um, you know talented. But he has an array of pass rush pass rush moves in his bag. He's a nose for the quarterback at all times. I think he was probably the best player in the draft. Um, and I feel like the Lions, for a team that really needs to impact the quarterback, get their defense you know, lined up, I, I think Aiden Hutchinson was the right pick. As I mentioned, no real slam dunk pick. But I, I think Hutchinson was for sure the right guy here. A-plus job by the Lions. Um, getting the guy that they wanted, not messing it up. I a lot of people, you know, maybe pondering around the quarterback position. There was definitely some good old linemen, maybe a corner. I think you can't go wrong with Aiden Hutchinson. I feel like he was the best player in this draft. Good size, good you know physical traits. Um, you know, just an experienced guy who really you know found the quarterback in Michigan, even though it was. You know, as a senior, um, where he really broke out, but I, I like him adding in the draft as probably the number one prospect, in my opinion. Um, number three, Houston Texans. I think this was a little bit of a surprise. You know, we kind of heard some noise about Stingley to Houston um, a little bit before the pre draft po- process, but it seemed like they kind of moved away from him. Maybe going to O lineman, maybe Sauce Gardner. Um, you know, it just seemed like it was a little high for Stingley because, you know, he was a very talented player, but obviously the injury issues held him back. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but you know, Stingley is a bit of a swing or miss pick, but here I think the Texans, unlike the Jaguars can afford, 
you know, or can't afford to miss, but really can afford to take a risk here. I, I think this is a team that does not have a lot going for them. You know, you could go with a boring O-lineman pick, but you have a decent line. You got Loremi Tunsil, you got a solid quarterback in Davis Mills, who, you know, was pretty successful with the line last year. I think you need to get some talent on defense. And for a new coach in Lovey Smith, who is a defensive specialist, I think Derek Stingley is a great scheme fit. This pick, if it hits, will be awesome for Houston. Um, I think it will lead to a lot of great things for Texans, uh, the Texans franchise, their fans, the players. I, I, you know, people knock on them for not taking a cornerback early, but in today's NFL, they are just as valuable. You know, they're very valuable, and, and the receivers are more skilled than ever. So you need lockdown corners on your defense. I think Derek Stingley is one of the best players in this draft when healthy. When healthy is obviously the key here, and it's rare for a guy like Stingley. But, um, you know, there were, I think, a variety of better options on the board. But I like the direction they're going in. It shows that they're not afraid to take risks. And I think Stingley can be an absolute home run of a pick. But if the injuries do keep him on the field, off the field, you know, obviously that'll be a problem. But it seemed like the Texans, if they were confident enough to pick him at three, uh, were not scared by the injuries. So Stingley, I loved him from his playing days, you know, coming out of high school even and in college. It seemed like he was probably going to be a top three pick this year, um, be, you know, before the college football season actually started. And now that, you know, it is came and went, kind of fell on the board. We were thinking probably it's still top 10, but towards the latter half of that. Instead, he goes three to the Texans. I like it. I give it an A- minus uh, for the Texans and, you know, second-year GM. Nick Casario. Um, at number four, we have the New York Jets. We had a lot of New York teams here in the top 10. They selected Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, another corner here. They're building up the defense for Robert Sala, which I liked. I know Kayvon Thibodeau or Sauce Gardner would have been fine here. They went with Gardner. Um, you know, I think that was probably the right pick. Bryce Hall, I, I like on the outside. Um, you know, is going to form a great young duo that can be in place for years to come. You know, Sauce was obviously awesome at Cincinnati. He did not allow a passing touchdown in college. Very few catches of over 20 yards. He's locked down corner. He does have a tendency to get a little handsy at times, but he was so dominant in college that all you were left to do is wonder why it won't translate to the NFL. And really no one has found the answer yet. It just seems like he didn't play the best competition in college, which, you know, is the... Um, you know, consensus argument from pretty much every uh, sauce guard or critic, but you know, it, it's tough to pinpoint him because, you know, even though he did play below average competition at Cincinnati, Nick Saban even went away from him in the college football playoff game. That's Alabama. That's the number one program in the country uh, going away from him. So obviously it shows that, you know, he's very talented. You don't want to throw him. He's got a good corner on the opposite of him too, uh, who went in the later rounds. And I, I like this pick by the Jets. I like building up the defense for Robert Sala. Um, I think he's, you know, a, really a, a slam dunk type of player here with Sauce. If you're getting, you know, the college product, but obviously that's if you're getting the college product. I think they're getting at least something very, very close to it. Um, a minus, in my opinion, for Sauce Gardner. I, I think I probably would have preferred Kayvon Thibodeau, but I'll give it to the Jets because, you know, uh, Gardner's a talented outside player. You know, you got guys like Tyree Kill now running routes against them twice a year in the division uh, from Miami. So 
I like that they're, you know, opting to get corners and build up that secondary first before really focusing on that interior, which is already pretty solid. So I, I like this pick. I think A minus for New York and the Jets. Uh, number five, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and the New York Giants out of Oregon. Kayvon Thibodeau has always been a highly touted prospect from the start. People always overlooked him, though, tried to tear him down as the number one guy consensus. You know, it seemed like he was the number one guy last year heading the draft process. Um, but, you know, people always, it seemed like, overlooked him and, you know, looked to the bad attributes. How about this guy's positives? I mean, he's got a phenomenal, phenomenal physical build. Traits, you know, physical traits with freaky raw athleticism and natural ability. He is NFL ready to, you know, will impact the quarterback, draw the attention of offensive lines. And now in New York, he works opposite Aziz Ojolari, who they picked last year to form a great young and balanced pass rushing duo in New York. This guy, powerful, athletic, ton of pass rush moves, but really he just tends to win due to his natural ability and that raw athleticism that I mentioned earlier. Um, I, you know, I, I think Thibodeau was a great pick. We've seen him. He's a great character guy. Uh, my friend Sam Prince, who I actually I know from camp, uh, announced this pick for the Giants, and you could see Kayvon loved to be a Giant. He loved Sam, too. <laughs> it was the classic moment of the draft, I think, where they were both on stage, you know, getting hyped up with each other, kind of pushing each other playfully. Uh, that was an awesome, awesome scene to see in the draft. But uh, Kayvon's excited to, you know, fit in with the Giants. I think for a franchise that does not have a lot going for them, Kayvon Thibodeau is definitely something that they have going for him now. Um, I, I do, I would give it probably an A minus, or I mean an A plus rather. I knock it down just slightly to an A because one thing I kind of considered here is they probably could have realized that Carolina was going to go offensive lineman or quarterback or at least not Thibodeau and switched around and got um, an offensive lineman here, which I think Aquanu would have been the best pick here and then at their pick at seven pick Thibodeau, but Either way, they got two great picks at five and seven, so I can't complain too much. A for the Giants and Kayvon Thibodeau. Next at number six, the Carolina Panthers. They took another offensive lineman, or the first offensive lineman in Ikem Ikwanu at NC State. I think a complete slam dunk pick for uh, pick for the Packers. They snag Ikwanu at six. You know the top offensive lineman in the draft, in my opinion. Uh, I think Aquanu was predicted earlier for a while. People even thought he could go number one. Um, you know, many thought they would go quarterback, but I think Aquanu, aside from being the best, I think is the most versatile lineman. You can throw him at tackle or at guard. You know, he's a big force who just bullies defensive linemen, puts him on the ground. His guard tape. I talked to Daniel Jeremiah and I saw his episode with Bengal uh, where they did a mock draft. And he's, you know, he talked about it, and I've seen it too. His guard tape is absolutely ridiculous. So the Panthers, I, I think they'll probably throw him at tackle, but, you know, you can move him inside and outside. If you put him at guard, I, I, <laughs> I'm interested to see if that power will transfer to the nfl size lineman. I think it will. I, this guy's got terrific size, just an absolute bully and uh, great force. And, you know, while they didn't pick a quarterback here, I actually like it. I don't think that there was a quarterback that was worthy of the sixth overall pick. I think they're setting, instead, they're setting a quarterback up to succeed, whether it's Darnold or someone next year. Even, you know, later in the draft, they snagged Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. If he's healthy, he turns into a successful product. Well, 
Ikemekwanu is going to be keeping him safe. So I like that pick by the Panthers. I think they got a complete steal at number six, uh, a pick for them. Uh, yeah, A. So uh, number seven, New York Giants. They went with another offensive lineman, Evan Neal out of Alabama, a three-year starter at Alabama, all about consistency. Um, you know, he can sure up the tre- – the Giants really did a nice job. They shored up the trenches on both sides of the ball um, with Thibodeau and now Evan Neal. They're projecting quarterback Daniel Jones, see if he's the answer going into his fifth-year option contract, which was declined, but, you know, after that – We'll see if he gets an extension or not, but at least like the Panthers, they're setting him up to succeed. The offensive line always been a problem uh, for you know the Giants for years. It seems like they pick an offensive lineman every year and nothing changes. However, Evan Neal is all about consistency. Coming from his days as a three-year starter for the nation's most prestigious college football program in Alabama, I you know he's been awesome. And now with weapons around him. Uh, Daniel Jones in the Giants need to build up that line. They successfully did that. Neal's got prototypical size. Only knock is, I think the bend of his body sometimes can get a little off at times. But once he grows more comfortable um, and opposite recently drafted Andrew Thomas, this line will improve significantly in my opinion. Um, so A-plus pick there for the Giants as well. They get two A-pluses with uh, or A. I gave them an A for five. Um, and then an A-plus for seven, so not too shabby for the Giants. Um, and unusually, they drafted very, very well this year. Uh, number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. They went with Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. London's got great size. Um, the, the problem I have with him, and this is a pretty big one, you know, he just could not create a lot of separation in college. And it seemed, you know, he was a great contested catch guy in college. And, you know, the, I, the problem was, though, he's getting those contested catches because he can't create a lot of separation. I think that size might hold him back a little bit. Uh, but he can box out in the short routes. You know, then the Falcons have the league's worst receiving core by far. Um, you know, and and now I, I think in the NFL today, the wide receiving cores are so unbalanced. I mean, you have absolutely loaded ones and then absolutely terrible ones. I don't think the Falcons intended to go out of this draft with Frank Darby and Olamide Zacchaeus leading their wide receiver room. Uh, but I think there are better wide receivers on the board. I mean, there's really needs all over for the Falcons. They couldn't have taken advantage of that, attacked other positions and other receivers or traded back even. But, you know, because this was a loaded wide receiver class as well. But it's not a bad start. I, I think London, you know, can provide a little safety blanket for Marcus Mariota. Or they picked Desmond Ritter, who could be the starter down the line. Um, I, you know, we'll see. I'm very interested to see how Drake London turns out in the NFL because he's a very physical receiver. Um, but I think he's going to need to improve, you know, working on creating separation, you know, releases, running routes, all that before he really gets going in the NFL. But he's going to have a ton of opportunity in Atlanta. So we'll see. Um, I'm giving them a C. I don't absolutely hate the pick because, they attacked the position of need, and London was one of the better receivers on the board. I just think there were better ones ahead of him. So I, I give it a C, um, but I, I like their efforts. I, I think the Falcons, you know, not a bad pick. Not a bad pick, but I think could have done better here. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, number nine, the Seattle Seahawks. They took Charles Cross, offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Kind of a boring pick by the Seahawks. Um, I wanted a corner to follow them. 
didn't happen. Um, of course, you know, Stingley and Gardner went high, and I think they did a nice job. You know, they didn't reach um, for, you know, Jermaine Johnson or a, or a defensive guy. They went with Cross, and, I you know, it's tough because they've shored up this offensive line for years now, and it still isn't great. But they're setting Drew Locke up to succeed. It seems like they're rolling with Drew Locke, which I don't mind. Protecting him is vital, and it's not a great quarterback class. Um, you know, and, and this pick came, obviously, of course, from that Broncos trade uh, where they gave away, gave away Russell Wilson. So shoring up the interior is a good start to the rebuild. Uh, this is a loaded O-line class, and Cross is another powerful lineman. He's got a great combination of agility and power at tackle. Uh, I don't think he moves inside. I think he stays at tackle. And, uh, you know, I like the Giants, as I mentioned. The Seahawks have struggled with O-line for years. That was a big reason why Wilson wasn't successful last season. So I think it's a solid pick in a position of need. I'll give it a B plus. I don't think there was a lot more Seattle could have done here. I think Charles Cross was the right pick at, uh, at number nine for Seattle. And then lastly, at number 10, New York Jets, they took Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. The Jets, man, I think they nailed the Sauce Gardner pick. I gave them an A-, minus, and I think they nailed this one too. So both New York teams nailed their top 10 draft picks, both of them, and both of their picks too. Very, very rare from two franchises that have not been good in recent years, but both of their uh, top 10 picks were great on each side. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I think, was the best receiver on the board. Uh, good pick for the Jets. I like Chris Olave too. He was very close um, as my second receive, second best receiver behind Wilson. Um, but you know, I, th- I think Zach Wilson is gonna, you know, really. This will depend on Zach Wilson because you're helping GM Joe Douglas is gonna help out decide if Zach Wilson is the guy. You you know, you're filling a hole in a desperate position of need. You're you're building weapons now around. Um, Zach Wilson with taking Garrett Wilson that will get confusing of course um you know and then they you know they took Brees Hall running back uh they took Michael Carter last year added um Corey Davis you know last offseason so you're really you know not to mention they also have taken two young offensive linemen in Mekai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker so you're building a lot around Zach Wilson to see if he's the guy if he is Great. If he's not, well, at least you're setting a quarterback up to succeed uh, because Wilson is a do-it-all type of receiver. He just screams with wide receiver one potential to me. Can really do just everything. He had a great, fantastic season at Ohio State last year with over 1,000 yards. He's another weapon in a young offense that I believe is really starting to come together. And the Jets did a nice job. They attacked both sides of the ball um, with outside skill position players in their first two picks. And not a bad start. Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson is not what I think Jets fans expected coming out of the draft, but hey, they got it. And they also, not to mention, snagged Jermaine Johnson with the 26th pick. So I think they really nailed all three of their first-round picks. But I think Garrett Wilson, great pick. And um, yeah, I think slam dunk. So A+. Plus. A+, plus for the Jets. Um, as I mentioned, you know those are going to be the top 10 picks only today. I will likely get into a part two, part three. Uh, later on but obviously hit me up if you want to get my feedback on any pick in the draft any team whatever I will give my feedback on it happily Uh, but for now that was at the top 10 I hope to see you guys next time on the podcast but for now I'll see you later peace